I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I am your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex. I am your resident optimistic nihilist, reminding you every day to get your titty sucked because the apocalypse has arrived. <laughs> and we've run out of time, guys. We've run out of time. How are you doing today, Flex? Everyone thought we were being overdramatic when we were anticipating the apocalypse. And look, look who's I know. I actually now. got a message. <laughs> Someone sent me a DM and she was like, oh my God, I used to think that you're so extra, but now <laughs> you were right about this apocalypse. And this so is I why like, I yes, feel bitch. comfortable. Yep. We are comfortable in the state of what's happening because we were preparing. We stayed prepared. <laughs> We've stayed done like preparing. Pre- even before this podcast, Bob and I would been on the apocalypse. I know it only made sense that we were drawn to each other to spread the good word. Honestly, oh my god, are we prophets? I, I can't guess believe so. We're prophets. There's something in there. <laughs> There's something there, like for real. <laughs> anyway, so today. We got some good feedback. Yeah, we got some good feedback from the other episode we played Reflex. So we thought we'd just answer some more questions. Um, Reflex is a critical thinking card game that I made uh, a year ago or something. Basically, um, people lack the skills to think objectively and subjectively about the same situation and topic. And I think when we apply the skill of critical thinking, which is the ability to see all sides of a concept or a thought or a question or an idea, then we just have better discussions and we're able to understand ourselves and the people we're talking to. And so last time when we played this game, we only were able to answer three questions in an hour, which is like, I feel like that's the minimum amount of time you should be spending like 20 something minutes on each question to really get down to the granular of what the question Mm. is asking. Um, And yeah. So first question, it's an interesting one because when I've played with people, with people before or when they've showed me like screenshots of this question, they always find it so easy to answer Mm. or question why I'd even ask in the first place. So, the question is, would you rather be constantly sad or constantly angry? And I asked Ooh. this not because they're binaries that exist on the same spectrum. Like you can only be sad or angry and neither one or the two. Mm. But I feel like of the range of emotions that exist to us, we only really reference being happy, sad or angry. Like of all the spectrum of how we can feel, it always defaults to these very basic ways of being. I'm angry. I'm sad. Whatever. So I thought, like, given, like, if we take happiness out of the equation, because it's so That's elusive anyway, yeah. what we're left with the two, like, probably other common states of feeling and being. Yeah. And if we had to pick to feel one more often than not, which would it be? I think how somebody justifies what they'd rather feel says a lot about them. Would mm. you like to go first? Or shall I? 
Um, you go first. I want to give this a proper think. Okay. I would much rather be angry. <laughs> really? Why I would is that? much rather be angry. And initially when I when I um when I wrote this question, I wanted to double check that I even had the definitions of sad and angry right because I feel like yeah. we use a lot of words and we misuse them um or use them out of context. So the dictionary tells us that sad is feeling or showing sorrow or unhappiness. Um and the informal way of the informal definition of sad is pathetically inadequate or unfashionable, which is just screaming. It hurts. It really does. And then um, the definition of angry is feeling or showing strong annoyance, displeasure, hostility, um, or yeah, to be inflamed. <laughs> so mm. when I thought about it, the first thing that I gathered is I immediately, like on reflex, just gravitated towards being angry because to me being angry feels active it feels like you're doing it with intention it's passionate and it almost feels like there's a cause for it and therefore Mm. a solution so if I'm angry I've clearly been triggered so it's easy to analyze what's triggered me um pinpoint it and then perhaps get over it quicker I also feel like there's a certain amount of um how do I explain? I feel like sometimes being sad is very debilitating and immobilizing yeah. Yeah, and you can't, yeah. you can't sort of like push yourself out of that mental framework enough to move your body, to move your yeah. mind and to like progress further yeah, and it's forward. It's like depression. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm, I've, I'm like, I'm all about forward momentum and like getting out of state. So if I yeah. feel sad to me, that feels like almost like a forever perpetual feeling that you just can't move out of. But yeah. anger feels very like cause and react, like cause and effect. What did this, how, like, why is this happening? How do I get over it? And yeah, yeah. it just feels a little bit more productive to me. I agree with that too. And I do think anger is a better driver for change than sorrow. Mm. Um, but so, but I, I see benefits in both emotions. Um, but I also think that's because I'm very familiar with depression Mm. and I think sadness or I think I was I don't think I was born sad but I think I was born melancholic Mm. and because of that I think that has really helped me to like be like approach people with a level of tenderness like I think the benefit of sadness is it really teaches you to be tender and to be gentle with people Mm. and I really like value those traits in human beings Mm. but at the same time other traits that I value are like action and like progress um and I don't think that progress and action come from sorrow Mm. so this one is a really hard one for me I think what I am already, if I had to choose between what emotion am I more of between angry and sad, I'm definitely more sad more often than I am angry. Mm. But I think I would rather be angry more often than I am sad. Just because, yeah, just because like I can see how like being already born like a very melancholic person has made me very like slow in some ways like even just the act of getting out of bed in the morning it's a really slow process for me whereas I think yeah like if I was more of like a fiery bitch I think I would get more done but then I think like 
well, why is productivity even like important? I don't know. This mm. is a yeah. This is a hard one. But I think I would pick anger. And that's the important question to ask, like because obviously productivity is not important because we're talking about emotions yeah. and we're talking yeah. about just the process of what it is to feel. I just am, like you said, you're far more comfortable with sadness and I'm far more comfortable with anger and annoyance. Like my fucking default is just being a little bit pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> Why is that? What do you like, think I feel like, like fundamentally often, annoys you? I mean, I feel like there's like an indifference with me as well. And it's not apathy, but I just feel like... I notice that the more I care about, it just transitions into having an annoyance about things. And mm. so to avoid feeling annoyed or hard done by, I just move to indifference because a lot of things I just don't mind, you know, like, so yeah. it could be simple. Like, you know, do you mind if we do the podcast at 10 a.m. or midday? You know, I don't really care. Yeah, like, yeah. it's not a big deal. But perhaps if I said midday, you said, oh, actually, I got to do 10. Suddenly I'm annoyed. You know, so yeah, yeah, I, I, um, that's something that I am mindful of. And because I am not that familiar with depression or sadness in a really like pure way, then when I do feel these things, it just consumes me and I'm irrational and I don't know how to like, I don't know. I don't know how to snap out of it. Yeah. Like I remember I got a call the other day from, I don't know what you would call it in, oh, the DMV. That's what Americans would call it, but we call it like the yeah. RTA or whatever, but the place where you go to get your license. And um, I have been like social distancing for fucking ages, probably like almost three weeks now, because I don't leave the mm. house anyway. But yeah. um, I was Mood. like, fuck, <laughs> I want to get my license before everything's on complete lockdown irrational because like we can't go anywhere anyway but the way i I would feel the same so i literally feel you yeah the way i had like um the way the way like what my line of thinking was is that for so long i didn't want my license didn't care for it didn't need it whatever then when i decided that it was a priority i did everything i did like three or four lessons a week for eight weeks got a car, got insurance, got everything just to get a call. Uh, and I, I booked a lesson just to get a call the day before the lesson to say that all the RTAs and the DMBs have been on a shutdown. Obviously it's a pandemic and they're not doing any more um, driving tests anymore. So you can still go to the uh, like DMV and like do all your bits and pieces, but you just can't get in the car with a stranger and do the test. Mm. And I was like, yep, yeah, that's all good. And I just sat there and I was like shaking. And I was like, am I sad? Am I mad? What is yeah. happening? I couldn't yeah. process. And I was like, I don't think I'm angry. I think I'm sad <laughs> because I had done all these things and all I needed to do was just take this test just to tell me if I was going to pass or fail. Because then I would need to know what I can do after the fact. If I failed, then I would need to learn some more. If I passed, great. But then I felt like, power had been taken from me because I did all the things I needed to do and now I can't do it and it's not my fault anyway so I'm like texting um I texted my mom and I was like I think I'm sad no I I think I'm mad I'm definitely mad and then she called me and I just started bawling my eyes out I was like no I think I'm sad and she was like why are you so sad and I was like I don't know I don't know why I feel so sad because it's like so logical why this can't happen. But that's the thing about emotion, yeah. (laughs) And I was like laughing. I'm like, this is so silly. And now I'm hyperventilating and I'm like, I don't want to talk anymore. It was a mess. And I was like, if if I was just angry, this could be fine. 
I can have a little like fit. I can just like talk at myself for a bit, be like so annoying and get over it. But the sadness, it was so pervasive because even if, even though I convinced myself after that phone call, I talked to Grace, talked to my boyfriend, convinced myself that I was just mad and not sad that like, it was almost like a, a pervasive undercurrent of sadness that was just there. Mm. And that any moment, if somebody was trying to justify why I shouldn't be sad, I was going to cry. Wow. Isn't that bizarre? So that for is me, so fascinating. It is. So for me, I'm like, I would just much rather be constantly angry because at least I know that I can, there's an element of control there. But with sadness, imagine any other circumstance where I had to now like deal with people or I had to like be rational in this moment of sadness and I just couldn't yeah. muster it because I couldn't <laughs> even control not crying. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is honestly fascinating. Mm, look, we live for introspection. So right? this is why it pains me when I get this question or people like are like, oh, it's so easy. Like, What is the most common answer? Sad. Mm. and I think it, it and it look don't shade me but I think it always goes back to what is perceived to be the more favorable answer because I oh, feel like pe- yeah. when I ask these questions and I'm comparing one or the other people often think that it exists on a spectrum and that's why I'm comparing them right that like right. there's obviously a good and bad a left and right a right and wrong and so that's why she's comparing the two when really no it's just like they're two emotions yeah and like it just seemed like the easiest one to ask at the time but i could say would you rather be you know uh jealous or anxious like those two aren't on a spectrum but it's an interesting question well yeah i think also it's that sorrow is seen as virtuous Mm -hmm. because people equate sorrow with compassion yeah which isn't always the case Whereas they compete anger with like some sort of like anger is always seen as this irrational emotion, um, whereas sorrow is seen as like a natural consequence of living in a world that is full of suffering. Mm. And when you're constantly sad, it's assumed that that's because you're like more in touch with the human condition, you know. So it's yes. like I can see why like the underlying connotations of sorrow are just easier to associate with virtue Mm. whereas like the underlying connotations of anger are easier to associate with like the more like like the less savory parts of humanity Mm. it's really interesting you're right because when you think about sadness it's like oh the the world it's did that soft. to you you know yeah. yeah like it is hard to be and when you think about angry like fuck get it together like yeah. clearly you've got a problem with the world and the rest of us are just dealing with it but you can't deal that i love so that question so much because again you know after you do the uh after you i guess like inspect the question a little bit more and inspect why somebody has chosen to answer the way it does it reveals so much about the person it really and does. generally the baseline from what i'm understanding is how each of those emotions are perceived by other people mm. so like i don't want to be that angry person who's always got a problem and it's always mad like no we hate that person and it's yeah. like well generally if you're going to be someone who's constantly angry there's shit to be angry about like there's shit yeah. to be sad about so but like Like that's both emotions are equally irrational and rational Mm -hmm. like and it's interesting because that's generally the justification as to why people don't want to be angry um Mm. because also like the 
the impact of being seen as an angry person is much more damaging than the impact of being seen as a sad person. And that society makes a lot of, um, I guess, justifications for why sadness is better or understood. And anger, anger always seems, um, like, uh, not what's the word I'm looking for. Anger always seems misplaced. Like, Oh, you're meant to be feeling somebody, something else, but you're not in touch enough with your emotions to feel anything. But this surface one, that's really easy. They always say, you know, like anger is hard, but like vulnerability, uh, anger is easy, but vulnerability is hard. It's like, bitch, they both hard. (laughs) I also think that there's an agenda. Oh yeah. So here's my, here's my theory. I think that society would rather favor sorrow over anger because society, and by society I'm talking about cis-hetero-capitalist patriarchy, society would rather keep you immobile than to keep you angry and passionate. Mm. And that's why it's easier to frame anger as chaotic and sorrow as peaceful. So society would much rather keep you sad and just keep you like on that energy level because then there's no there's less chance of you enacting change Mm. and i talk a lot about the necessity of violence for revolution i also talk a lot about how society is always telling us to always choose peace when really like when people tell you to choose peace what they mean is you must choose order because there's Mm. no such thing as peace without justice and so when society sees you as angry, they'd much rather frame it as a negative and much rather frame it as this chaotic emotion because it disturbs their order. Whereas in reality, the only productive way to enact any change is to start from a place of chaos. Like all change must start from a place of anger, chaos, violence. And violence isn't, it's not an objectively bad thing. It's just the way that society has defined and framed violence from the lens of white supremacist, patriarchal, cis, hetero capitalism. It's like, let me not even go down this road. Yeah. Like, let me not. Don't tempt her. Don't tempt her. Listen, which is, which is also why I'm choosing that I would rather be angry because I also acknowledge how society favors sorrow and however else it defines these connotations of peace over anger because anger is the only way forward. That's so deep. I'd rather be angry. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sticking with it. I can yeah. trust like, and when I picture it, like a life just being angry, I'm like, well... It is what it is. Also, I feel like sometimes you can be a bit more covert with how you display your anger. And I know that from just being me and how people would perceive me, people who don't know me very well or people who would just like, this happened, I don't know if I told you, like very early on in like my career, people would ask or write articles about me and say like, she's like an optimistic, positivity, self-love, queen, blah, 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 which is like very flattering. Mm. But everybody who knows me quite well is like, you're just more realistic than that. And sometimes being realistic is like leaning a little bit more negative or pessimistic. But the perception of me is always leaning so far in this positive um, place, especially before the podcast that I'm like, 
maybe the undercurrent of annoyance that I feel not often just when I interact with people <laughs> mm, yeah, is, is, yeah. is a little bit more covert than I feel it to be right so I, I remember I was speaking to my manager or like managers and I was talking we were talking about the game because we were at an event where we had a huge reflex pop up and we were talking about people being inherently bad or inherently good. Mm. And I say that I think in addition to the feeling like people are more often inherently bad, um, not of their own volition, but just like nature, you know, um, I also feel like I have a skepticism towards people because Mm. I'm interpreting a lot of behavior as a bit more personal than it needs to be. So like even phrasing when somebody says to me, like, let's say I've like, I've been making these shirts, um, for, uh, my store. And when somebody says to me, you need to make a Lizzo shirt. I'm like, I don't need to do anything. Like that's what I think. Right. (laughs) But that's not what they meant. They're just, they're just give me like a friendly suggestion. Like, you know, but like the phrasing is like it's hitting me in some kind of way you yeah, know yeah so i feel yeah. like yeah there is always an undercurrent of annoyance um but yeah it's definitely more covert whereas i think sadness it's as i said before it's pervasive and you can't put boundaries on how your sadness is expressed like if you're sad i don't think you can hide it on your face very well yeah i don't think you can hide all. it in like your perception of your environment the future i think it'll out you before you out it <laughs> fact whereas fact. with anger i feel like it can be real shady shit before i feel like pettiness is rooted in anger as well Oh, absolutely and it's so normalized that you're like oh petty is funny petty is not angry that yeah. you can get away with it sooner than you can get away with being with being sad because you know you you post one too many depressive memes somebody's about to check on you and be like hey yeah um, yeah <laughs> i noticed that <laughs> i noticed that lately your suicide memes yeah no literally <laughs> literally that's so real look it's all here it's all here it's so interesting what what should I do? What should we do next? Um, yeah, let's do another one. Oh, let's do another quite cliche one that people mm. always answer too quickly. All right. I want to do the cliches first because I feel like we should, the deep question should be saved for people who actually own the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, this one, would you rather hurt or be hurt? Now, let me tell you, every fucking person says I'd rather be hurt. And it shits me. It shits me. Because in what world are we willingly taking on pain and discomfort for the greater good? Yeah. There is nowhere. And I feel like, okay, so, okay. The reason why I ask this question is because initially when I, this is in the second game of Reflex, and people were asking, or the feedback from the first game is that, a lot of the questions were like a bit too introspective for somebody who's never like, who's never dabbled in introspection before, at least not consciously. And so perhaps like if you, if you filled the game with, you know, some for lack of a better phrase, entry level questions, then it can help somebody think about the question on like a more, um, I guess realistic level and cliches do that for people. So with a cliche, you're kind of like, Oh, I've heard this before. I know what to say. Mm. And so it's kind of like, um, like the cliche, like addictions always jump out. Right. But the cliche of like, you know, um, 
honesty is the best policy or um, everything happens for a reason. These cliches upon further analysis bring out, like you said, a lot of contradictions, but also when somebody analyzes something that's general and common, you will see like their actual point of view slip out before they even realize. Yeah. Yeah. And when they have to justify why they've picked each answer, suddenly it's not generalized anymore. And you have to use your personal experience to justify why you'd pick either one. Yeah. So yeah, it's not everyday introspection for the common person, but anyway, so when I was like, okay, well, let me think about some cliches that will kind of like ease people in. And this one was Mm. an interesting one because I feel like, as imagined, and every time I ask this question on my story or in person, people always say, I would much rather be hurt because I don't think that, you know, people around me have, you know, the backbone that I have to be resilient. Or I could never forgive myself if I knew that I was constantly conflicting, uh, inflicting pain yeah, onto that's people. that's a common answer. Yeah. You know, I couldn't live with myself. Or, you know, like, um, I, I know, you, yeah. you know, I know what it feels like to be hurt. I would never want to do that to someone. So I would much rather be hurt. Oh. And then, and then we go hmm. further. Let and us. the contradictions start to cut. They start to jump out. They're forward rolling, leaping. I think about this often. I've actually asked people on my story where I'm like, I once asked people, do you consider yourself a good person? And then I asked people, so why haven't you dismantled capitalism? Like, why do you still own an iPhone? <laughs> why haven't... The other... I think last week I asked people, like, why haven't you shot trump or scott morrison or boris johnson like why (laughs) haven't you you know what i mean and i think about the fact that me as a human being the fact that i've made no effort to dismantle these systems that i know are inherently violent and exploitative i cannot call myself a good person like yeah i cannot call myself a good person for being complicit in the system that is inherently violent Mm. and i think like i think a lot of people don't think critically enough about like what it means to exist under society i was talking the other day on my story about how being a law-abiding citizen is actually violent (laughs) um because society is inherently violent and to play by its laws is to be complicit in its violence. So in that way, like, how can I say that I would rather be hurt than to hurt mm. when I am playing along with the leaders of this war? Mm. And I guess it's also because it, after I always suggest that after you answer the question initially, analyze it further and and think like what is the question really asking you and in this instance Mm. i asked would you rather not what do you actually do because i thought how how willing are we to compromise what we would actually do in favor of what's comfortable or easier right so would you rather hurt or be hurt like great we'd rather be hurt just let's say we'd rather be hurt to save people from being hurt but what would you what do you actually do would render such a different response. And I don't know if people are as aware of that as I would like to think they are that like, if given, Mm. if like, if you're, if you existed in a vacuum or you existed in a world where everything changed and reacted based on your actions, not the actions of everybody else around you, how would you then behave? You know, if you were the only one who was hurting or if you were the only one who was being hurt, imagine, 
That's such a it, good question. Imagine living in a vacuum, right? And it's just a population of 100, including you. And how everything moved and shifted was totally in response to what you believed or what you said or what you did, right? Mm. And so if we now created governing rules and the question that would be the basis of this governing rule is, okay, Bobo, you and your population of 99 other people now need to know if you would rather hurt or be hurt. What's the answer? Yeah. Because now you say, I'd rather be hurt. Well, what's happening? You're getting abused on the daily. We're getting stones thrown at you. Someone's spitting in, in your in your vegan tofu stir fry. And you're like, well, this is not what I wanted. Yeah. But perhaps you said you'd rather hurt. And now you have to, you know, consciously or, or covertly inflict pain with other people. You're now raising rent prices during a, a pandemic. You know what I mean? Right. You're taking all the tofu for yourself and kids are starving on the street at your door right. begging. What is it that you want? And again, I know that like life isn't that black and white, whatever, but it's really interesting to see like the flow and effect from how quickly we choose to answer these questions. Mm. And we must be so lucky that the stakes will never be that high, right? That we can just sit like sit comfortably in our homes, listening to this podcast, being like, I would much rather hurt people. (laughs) Yeah, like can you imagine? And never have to do it. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, I do think this question, similar to the first question, is one where I think when people answer question, they're a lot more interested in how that question will affect how they're perce- how their answer will affect how they're perceived. Mm. So people will just pick an answer based on what will make them look more virtuous mm. as opposed to picking the truth. Which is like the truth will always come secondary to what will make them look more virtuous. Which is so interesting. And then I remember, um, I don't know the exact details, but I, somebody gave an example to me in response to this question saying that, you know, they were thinking, they had thought that they weren't hurting people and that they were, they were always at like the helm of other people being hurt. But they said, you know, I was thinking about it on like a, on a minor scale. And what about the ways I hurt people indirectly by just not having a great attitude? You know, maybe I was like rude to the bus driver or maybe mm. I, you know, um, cut in line accidentally or, you know, t- you know, you know, these things that like aren't painful, but they're just yeah. a little bit shady. And so she was like, I would never want to internalize that as being hurtful, but perhaps it is hurtful to like, you know, be rude or be catty or be shady or not be open or not be vulnerable or perhaps, yeah, like in situations where I'm not as vulnerable as I can be to my friends and family, is that not hurtful? And I said, come on, introspection. I love (laughs) that. So I posted that onto my story and with a poll that just said, is this behavior hurtful or not hurtful, right? Just because I didn't want to sway people's opinions with what I thought. And it was probably like 50-50 around there. People, it was like, yeah, around 50-50. But the messages I got afterwards were people saying things like, well, if that's considered hurtful, then we're all just, you know, we're all just inflicting pain on people. That's silly. Like we can't be carrying around guilt in our, in our like chest like that. You know, like if somebody feels some kind of way because I wasn't giving them my best self, then that's their problem. I don't have to shop Is for everyone. Th- and I was like, Interesting. The, don't be defensive. It's, we're just chit-chatting. You know, it's, it's, relax. <laughs> Guilt but, is such an interesting emotion. Because mm-hmm, it's jumping. Suddenly you feel accountable or like in anticipation of being accountable for all that kind of like indirect hurt we cause. Now you're upset. Now you don't want a bar of it. 
it's so fascinating. I think I'm watching this show called The Leftovers on mm. HBO. And everyone needs to watch this show. Like the first season is a bit boring, but it is it explores all the themes. Like it explores how human beings deal with grief, it explores depression, it explores death, it like all the themes. Something that it explores in a really interesting way is that feeling of guilt. Mm. And I think which goes back to the question you asked. I think people do terrible shit to each other all the time. And the only consolation that we ever have is that we didn't cause that terrible shit. But even that is a delusion. Like, that's not real at all. That level of defensiveness of just being like, I can't be guilty for anything. I just think there's like, there's an underlying emotion there that's like really interesting that I think everyone needs to explore. Mm hmm. The way that people deal with guilt is really interesting because like people never want to face the things that they feel guilty for head on. Like they'd rather just run away from it. Mm. And it's like, why? And like, to your point, like analyze the feelings associated with answering any of these questions, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like there's a certain level of vulnerability that's really required to play the game quote unquote properly and that if you are hyper aware of what the person you're playing with is going to feel or say about your responses then that's going to cloud how well or deeply you can be introspective and also critically think I'm not afraid of like what Bobo thinks about me or like or what this greater community thinks like I feel like it's quite freeing to be as honest as possible in that time, knowing that my answer will change eventually as I grow and like learn different skills of how to like clarify. But if I couldn't tell you my personal experience with either sadness or anger, then Mm. how would I justify to myself, which answer I really like prefer? If you're just sitting here being like, I'd rather, I'd rather hurt people like period. (laughs) I want to get stabbed. Like that's not what the question's asking. And I also find that when it comes to answering these questions, people always think either aspirationally or in an alternate universe. So like, I don't want to hurt people because like, if it came to like stabbing someone because they were like robbing my house, I'd feel so bad if I killed them. Cause what if they had, no, like that's not what we're asking (laughs) in your lifestyle of the experiences you've had and would like, will perceive yourself to have in future what would you rather and i Mm. it wasn't until like yeah a few months ago when i asked this question on instagram and like the amount of like personal dms that were coming in of people who were saying like you know well who were trying to like explain to me that the reason why that they would rather be hurt is that they already had such a familiarity with it the same way i said i'd rather be angry you said you'd rather be sad whatever like it they had such a life full of pain and suffering and hurt that it's just ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The easiest one, and they don't want to pick hurting people because they wouldn't want to do to people what had been done to them, which I thought was really interesting. 
how we can create these narratives out of our circumstances as well. And that given the option to just think a little bit, um, to think greater than this current situation, people wouldn't like, there was almost like a barrier between like what I feel now, what I could feel in future without moving to aspiration, like what could happen in an alternate reality. It's always like what, who I am now and who I could be if like we lived on Mars. I'm like, nah, there are like 16 steps before then. You know what I mean? I don't know. Someone, someone DM me asking a really interesting question that's related to this somehow. Which was, so her question is, how do you and Flex not be approval seeking, but also ensure that you're being understanding of people from different groups to you? So then she says, for example, on the Facebook group, there have been times where I had a question during a discussion that was happening about people of color, but I never asked that question in case I didn't realize that I was, that what I was saying was offensive as I am not a person of color. Was I doing the right thing or was I too worried about people's approval and cannot wanting people's approval go too far? Example, like a white supremacist who feels they're speaking their truth and doesn't care what people think. Is that good or not? I think that like really goes back to what we're saying about people answering questions based off of like how people will perceive them from their answer. And so this girl is asking like how and I want to know from your perspective as well how do you navigate asking questions like this without thinking about how people will perceive you and do you or do you just not care and if you don't care is that violent mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, interesting so first of all I googled the correct definition of approval because I was like am mm. I getting this right okay so approval is believed that something is good or acceptable And we've talked Mm. about in the past where I don't really care about being good. Yeah. Like to me, that's like not really an achievable or realistic goal for me Mm. because so much of what I do on a day-to-day basis will contradict the essence of goodness you know, yeah. like, so I'm, we discussed that in that episode. Yeah. What is the point of being a better person? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to being acceptable, I've, it's almost understanding that, you know, how you're perceived is out of your control almost. And so if you want people to be more forgiving of you being ignorant in a lot of instances, you need to have shown them proof or, I guess, um, prior evidence of you like stepping up. So like, I think in, in the context of me and you Bobo is people, I feel like people give us more leeway because we've shown in heaps of episodes, what we think, how we think our thought process, what's influenced that thought process and what our relationship is to learning. Right. And so if there's a time when we're being ignorant or where we haven't considered a possibility, that I feel like people are a bit more forgiving because we've shown a level of like intellect or or curiosity in the past. But I feel like when you're coming through as like a random person in a random circumstance and asking people to grant you favor, it's really Mm. not realistic because people aren't, that's not what people do. They're going to assume the worst because it's probably been their experience. Like it's probably been their experience previously. Right. And so if you want people to give you the benefit of the doubt, you need to show them in other ways that you mean well. Right. Right. 
I agree with that. And I so do it's think also it's contextual. yeah, picking like picking your group. Like I think like our Facebook group is a really interesting case study because you know even though this podcast is the connecting um the connecting like the tether between everybody in that group, it's clear that a lot of people don't listen to the podcast. Number one, right? It's clear that a lot of people uh don't have a great understanding of like complex topics like sexuality and gender identity and race um you know like that's also very clear as well and it's clear that there is a natural friction because um there's a presumption that people would have that kind of understanding and they don't so i think the friction comes from the fact that if you're in this group it probably means that you listen to the episodes and that if you're asking a basic question about race or feminism we've probably discussed it therefore in theory you should know so often the friction comes from the fact that why are you asking these questions if you should know because the basis of you being here is that you listen to this podcast (laughs) which isn't true at all no which is not true and i think that's that's like the the hesitance and that's why the you know people just being naturally curious isn't taken very well because Mm. we us coming on on like us like recording this podcast is so you don't have to be that like kooky inquisitive person you don't have to be the dumb bitch because we've done it for you we're saying that like so like when we talk about race we're saying to avoid you being that person who's like wait but i don't know and wanting favor from minority groups we're just gonna tell you yeah yeah so you don't have to do that and don't get that yeah. twisted with oh i'm just gonna dm bobo and flex and ask some questions nah like we like there we've spoken about we've spoken we've spoken about so <laughs> many things at length so many times you know like it's clear what we you. think about people saying the n-word and uh, and how our perspectives differ it's clear what we think about people wearing braids it's clear what we think about like um feminism and and modern feminism it's clear what we think about dating heterosexual dating right. like we've spoken about it so um yeah in terms of like acceptability it requires context and i think it might be a little bit naive to assume that people should presume that you have their best interests at heart when being curious because when does curiosity turn into a spectacle and who is that for mm. like somebody's at the other end of your curiosity having to be a spectacle for the benefit of you to do some quick learning that most of the time people just don't really like don't really see the value in that mm. i do i do notice this in our facebook group quite often well i guess not quite often but i do notice this in our facebook group where well we had this incident a few days ago where like a bunch of people wanted to remove this guy from the group because they thought he was just being disrespectful and being willfully ignorant and a bit of an antagonist at times yeah and just being an antagonist and i didn't see a lot of his posts because neither i guess they just yeah i guess apparently he deleted them Mm. but from the one that i did see I actually don't think he was being malicious. I think he just... I thought it was fair. (laughs) Yeah, like, I was just like... I thought it was a pretty fair question. It's a dumb question, but, like, yeah. I was just... Should we provide context for the post? I think providing context might help. So, we can paraphrase. I don't really remember what his question was but the yeah, post it was said like, is it racist yeah yeah, yeah so basically the, the post was an image of like a few black men and these black men dark skin dark skin black men all wearing black hoodies um with white text that said uh black women only 
Right. Essentially, like, um, communicating no their... Girls. Yeah, communicating yeah. their allegiance to black women, which, like, we can talk about at length how, like, that in itself is a very powerful statement to make because mm. in a lot of areas, nobody's professing their allegiance to black womanhood. Yeah. Or even blackness yeah. or black people. So for, like, a couple of black men to go against the grain and say, hey, like, we're here for black women only. It's powerful, right. but it's also layered in a lot of ways. And so I I think the, the, the person who, like, shared this picture said, you know, what do you think about it? If this shirt or if this jumper had said white women only, how would you perceive it? Not what does it mean, mm. but how would you perceive it? Would you be offended? Whatever. But then at the end, they said something like, you know, I'm interested to know, how people who aren't in the LGBT community feel about it, which I thought was very mm. confusing because it's not about like gender or sexuality. Yeah, yeah. It's about race. But that was the question. And with that in mind, I think that like what I understood was I wanted to know how people would perceive that picture initially at first. Right. And not the right way to say you perceived it. Powerful, bold, brave. Like, how, how do you feel when you see five dark-skinned black men in black hoodies wearing all Saying, black, professing their yeah. love for only black women? Are you are you offended a little bit? Do you think it's like a little bit extra? You think like, that's, I think it would have been an interesting discussion because yeah. I'm very sick of presuming that because we are all, um, because there's Progressive, like- Progressive, liberal. Exactly, that yeah. we all view these things as the being the same. Right. Do you know? Because I- and when I read the comments, I like, cause I jumped on the thread before it was deleted. I was interested by the response because everyone's like, oh yeah. Um, a lot of non-black people were saying, yeah, like I really love this. I think it's so awesome. I, I feel like it's so nice to see black women elevated. And which I think is interesting because if I, if I saw somebody wearing a shirt that said black women only, I'd be skeptical. Mm. Yeah. Like, what's the point we're making here? Are you yeah, are you yeah. elevating black women? Are you denouncing other women? Like it's are I'm not virtue signaling. That's it. Yeah. I'm not immediately like, it? oh, this is great. In the same way that I'm not immediately like when a guy says you're not like other girls, I'm like, oh great. <laughs> this is you know, there was yeah. an element of thinking and analysis that could have been applied. I do think that people would just not interested in, in communicating with this guy because he had shown um the guy who posted because he had shown elements of um ignorance in the past and willful ignorance or that's how it was perceived and um because it felt like he was just yeah like just looking to start like wasn't looking for like actual conversation just wanted to start a bit of a riot in some sense Mm. um so perhaps there's a lot of subjectivity there too absolutely i think a lot of times people will go into groups like ours where the assumption is that everyone here must be a, an intelligent, woke... Mm-hmm. I hate that word. I hate it. An intelligent, woke, forward-thinking, progressive, liberal person. And that really wasn't the intention of our group at all, or even no. this podcast. Like, it's also something that I like to remind people on my Instagram page, that, like, I'm not here to mirror your thoughts. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to validate your belief systems, This is a platform for me to explore the human condition and you may join me if you like. You won't agree with everything that I say. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But I think a lot of Instagram pages or like thought leaders or whatever, I think a lot of what they do is just to validate other people's opinions because that's the quickest and easiest way to grow a following. 
So I think it's really hard for people to conceptualize that we do what we do, not to validate other people's opinions, but just as a space for us to explore the human condition without any attachment to any particular belief system. Mm -hmm. And the reason I don't agree with having moderators is because I don't think anyone that's going to moderate the Facebook group is gonna look at the posts with that in mind. I think they're gonna go in with their own internalized biases of what it means to be intelligent and forward-thinking and progressive and liberal. And anything that deviates from that is gonna be considered as aggressive or willfully ignorant and and and. Whereas it's like I just read his post and I thought it was I thought it was dumb that it's also yeah. a fair question. Like, yeah, exactly. That's exactly so what it was. <laughs> literally, it's a dumb question, but it's also valid and it's also mm. fair. And so I think that when you are someone who is looking for spaces that validate your belief, then anything that deviates from your belief is gonna be seen as willfully ignorant mm-hmm. or aggressive mm-hmm. and it's like but and i i don't know i just feel like every facebook group or every platform on social media is policed and moderated like why would you want that from us like mm. i agree and for those who is, are yeah. in the facebook group or want context essentially in this group um in the earlier stages we had a few moderators but they their role and they nominated themselves which is so awesome and we're so grateful for that because that's shit i will not do ever on period (laughs) but their role was to accept members into the group and kind of veto people who would apply i guess it's not you just you know whatever um and then later on in that role we were getting feedback that a lot of people want to ask questions and post to the group, but they wanted a sense of anonymity. They were scared of, you know, being outed or having people recognize their posts or knowing about their relationship dilemmas. And so we had a, a, a short time period where moderators, you could message a moderator and they would post anonymously for you. Soon after, we just dismantled that because of all the reasons Bobo said before. The whole anonymity thing, if we have to get up here and share all of this with our chest and be at the helm of your critique every fucking week, then I'm going to share that with you. Like, you two get to do the same thing. I've done it on my personal Instagram. There will be no more messaging me, um, wondering questionnaires and not being attached to your beliefs. Because that's all we it. do Wait, on this page. I need page. to do that too. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, I love that. I'm that's, starting that today. It just today. feels like if I've got to be, because I already, I'm frustrated that I have to be the middleman between people discussing on my page. But also I'm like, mm. how, like, let's wait for the days where somebody's going to like vindicate us for what we think. And then we have to just remember all the times we just like let somebody like say something cooked and didn't like out them so i do right. provide context i'm like if you share something with me for a questionnaire nothing is anonymous so right I love share that. if you want to but yes so uh in this instance and we've deviated from the question that this person asked but i think we're on to a, a, a good place at the moment yeah yeah um the whole idea of you know existing in or creating this group or we made it initially so people who listen to this podcast could speak about the podcast with each other because that's really interesting like a lot of the time we found people weren't agreeing with us and wanted to know what other people thought because we have between the two of us have a very skewed idea of the way the world works yeah right and so opening it up to the listeners to have discussions was great soon after that spiraled into everything but what we said the group was for 
Yeah, yeah. That's not our bad. I don't even actually care. It's your group, you know? Like, yeah, the, we just started the group. People yeah. who are in that Facebook group get to choose what it evolves into. Because I don't need 11,000 children asking me, but she said, and he said, and they said, I don't really care. Like, I'm not yeah. even in the group like that. But anyway, also, in addition to that, I understand that there's that the natural need for like uh the natural need for systems and orders and hierarchies because it's what we know and it's what we understand Mm. but you have to know you can't assume that when those systems and orders and hierarchies are put in place that you and your thoughts will be at the top yeah that's that that is listen save for the people at the back because what i'm now hearing and understanding is you want moderators or people to uh to to make rules and guidelines so what you believe and your comforts will be elevated and people who don't align with your comforts will be yeah will, will not be prioritized and that's just presuming that what you think is right and we've said it before the group isn't meant to be a safe space you need to proceed yeah. with caution <laughs> literally we didn't promise that it was going to be like rainbows butterflies sunshines critical thinking you know and like whatever because when we're all in different stages of our learning and yeah. i thought that was very clear like but I, that's also <laughs> what makes it interesting that's like it. the fact that you can engage with someone who is in grade 1 but also someone who is years above you like who is a real alien yeah whereas i think like some people just want it to be people who are on their wavelength which is kind of boring like that's not even you and i like Yes, you and I, like, are similar in the fact that we're both very curious. But we still, like, perceive the world in such different ways. Mm. Imagine if we were just the same two people agreeing with each other on it. Like, what the fuck would be the point of that? So boring. So why would we want our group to reflect anything but that and like, aside what do you mean yeah and aside from being boring it's not constructive because what i'm yeah. finding and what's been really interesting to to analyze is that the group only works in harmony when everybody is mirroring each other's belief systems the moment there's a slight bit of frictional tension it's world war fucking three in there and it's sad to see because we don't talk all this shit like a lot of us and i say all the time a lot of us don't have the privileges to orbit in spaces where people we engage with think like we do Mm. and we are having these discussions so we have the skill to talk to that person who willfully uses the n-word and say hey babes like this is why that's offensive this is why you probably shouldn't but do what you want yeah like you're learning skills of um like moderating and diffusing and educating and storytelling you're not creating a different new world order like get off your fucking high horses (laughs) like and i think and 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 also it'd be one thing if it was one person who couldn't agree on how to figure out with another person but if there's 50 of you who can't figure out between the 50 of you how to deal with this one person in an effective way you know like 50 of your brains can't say hey like clearly this person might be taking the piss clearly they're they're just here to antagonize clearly they just don't want to learn maybe and that's okay that's uncomfortable for me to see i'm just going to ignore it or i'm going to call them out i'm going to call them in i'm going to do something but what happens is that you you meet their ignorance with a certain amount of it's not even meeting ignorance with ignorance but it's meeting ignorance with an expectation of better that's not what ignorant people do ignorant people don't know better (laughs) yeah that's the point 
that's why their ignorance got them here. And so I'm not saying to be the bigger yeah. person, but also like having expectations of grandeur from someone who's shown you anything but seems dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what did you want from that? Like, yeah, it's really interesting. I think even for me, I don't expect my point of view to be elevated in the group. Mm-hmm. So why would anyone else expect that? It's like, I've definitely seen comments. I think we both have like comments of people in our own group talking shit about us. Roasting us. We still us. didn't delete that. Roasting. Roast, like, I have been roasted in my own group. I still didn't delete them because mm-hmm. bitch, that's your, that's your freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. That's valid. That's your opinion. That's your, like that has nothing to do with why must I be so mad that I must remove you from the group just because you don't agree with me and that's so it's like even yeah that's like, the big question as well yeah if the two of us if our beliefs and we are the creators of this group mm-hmm. and our beliefs aren't elevated in this group why would anyone else's like there's no hierarchy of belief or thought here <laughs> and that's like this is the late like this is why we talk about critical thinking i don't like seeing people get roasted in the group me yeah especially yeah. at times when i want to just come in and diffuse that shit because i think it's uncalled for but you know what i don't because I yeah. said, like I said at the start of the, I think the other episode we did, you can still care and mind your business. Facts. I'm not a caretaker. I'm not even Facts. half of your friends. I don't know you. <laughs> so <laughs> the fact that I'm getting at being like, can you sort this out? Leave me alone. Imagine. How, you gonna, if, literally. how am I going to have my, my, my common beautiful day painting, drawing, living? And then you're going to drag me into some bullshit that you could sort amongst yourselves. Honestly. And then I also feel like Bobo said before, there have been so many times when you roast us in this fucking group up Literally. and down and left and right. Do those posts get deleted? No. None. Do you get Did silenced? We cry? No. Did we cry? Absolutely not. Did we even call it out on the podcast? No. No. Because we, we understand <laughs> that this is a, that as we said, it's a space for you to discuss. Discuss freely. Literally, like, and if honestly, if someone says some shit about you that you don't like in the ways that they've said about me, mm. either roast them, come for them, argue with them, block them, like do what you need to do. If you need to show up to their door and fight that, go do that, fam. Like it's a free freedom. I was honestly really surprised. Mm that anyone would ask for moderators like that Mm. was really shocking to me like to me that's my worst nightmare and i think asking for moderators in any other group makes sense but this group this group just said say it with your chest this is the group like (laughs) you proceed with caution like it's at your own you speak at your own but also another thing is like there's only really disharmony it's not very often that there's disharmony in the group. Like most of the time, like anyone who would even find our podcast to begin with has to be interested in a level of like thinking and discussion that most of society isn't. So to even end up in the group, you are most likely someone who's probably on the same wavelength as everyone else on some level. So it's very rare that we get a troll like the one that we did i don't i don't really feel like he was a troll Mm -mm. but it's very rare that we would get a troll because how would those niggas even find us Mm -hmm. like we're not famous like it's not you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's an interesting one and then also like i think similar to what boba was saying about 
the the need or the need or the lack of need for a moderator in the group. The way I see it is like conflict resolution is a skill. Yeah. And it seems to me that and I like I find it in my personal life as well. I think I'm really good at resolving conflict until it's a conflict that hits a spot that I wasn't ready for it to hit. Mm. And then I regress. I'm suddenly like looking for other people to to govern. I'm looking for people to, to to rationalize why that person I'm fighting with is wrong and I'm right and all of these things. There are and even if and like even separate to general steps of conflict resolution, I feel like in this instance and in a lot of instances in the group, there are so many steps that aren't taken before somebody wants to call in like the cops being us. Right. Yeah. You know, like why like aside from the fact that you're asking two women to do the work for you, two black women to do this work for you, like there are so many ways where I feel like like there are five steps you could take before you want to call the cops and be like, hey, sort this shit out. Number one. Yeah. Number two, I said what I needed to say. The group exists to talk about shit that's in the podcast. And if you want to engage in anything but that, that's on you. Like, I don't see why I got to step in when you made a decision and you didn't like the outcome. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's like, another, if, yeah. if, I'm, if we're saying the group exists to talk about the podcast and then somebody posts something that's not about the podcast and then you engage with it and suddenly now it's like well where's flex why isn't she answering where's bobo probably getting dicked down by her boyfriend mind your business (laughs) sort it out (laughs) sort it out it's i also think like people and here's the thing about like our over-reliance on authority is that I think people think that the communities they exist in are a function of the, of its leaders as opposed to of the individuals inside the community. Say it! So, a lot of people think that this group is a function of you and I, Mm-mm. when really it's a function of the individuals in it. Period. And the, like, the way that the algorithm works on Facebook is that it will elevate what most people are engaging with. So when someone complains that like too much of this group is about love and relationships, well, that's because the majority of the people in the group are talking and engaging with content that is about love and relationships. Mm -hmm. And that will not change until someone does something other than that. And that's also just the way that society works. Like if there's something in society that you don't like, it is most likely not a function of the president. It is a function of the decision or lack of decision that the country has, like the country's individuals have made. Like we all have so much more power than we think to enact change, even on a level as small as a face. Like if you want to talk about philosophy in the Facebook group, my fr- I welcome, like I would love that. Like, let's talk about, and people have, like, people have posted about suicide, people post about death, people post about ethics, and people engage, but it's Mm. just, like, you have to just, this group literally is just a result of what everyone in it is posting, and nothing else, and it's just not our business to police that, because we're not cops, like, we don't believe in that type of policing, and also realistically, like what I, the, I, I struggle with the idea of moderators is because the reason why I struggle is because I don't want to elect them because already like the people who are going to put their hands up 
obviously within them, they're going to have similar agendas. It's going to be the people who are already the most vocal in the Facebook group. And that doesn't mean just because you're the most vocal that you understand what a group of 11,000 needs. You know, Mm. like there are a ton of people who use the group who don't speak, who don't engage and have different needs to those who post regularly. You know, number two, I also feel as though, like, how do you create a system of moderating that is quote unquote fair? You don't mm, it's because impossible. what's yeah. going to happen is, you know, probably one of four things. It's going to be a moderate, a group, uh, moderators that are all people of color. And then the white people in the group feel like they're being like sidestepped. It's going to be mm. all white moderators and people who are people of color will feel like they're not being seen and sidestepped. It's going to be people who are all hetero and aren't going to be able to speak um, confidently or at length for people in the LGBT, LGBT right. community. It's going to be people who have quite regressive views. Some people, people who are conservative or perhaps uh, too progressive. Like the silencing will happen in so many different ways. And then what's going to happen is you're going to come calling Bobo and I and be like, hey, there are moderators, but we don't like them because she did this and he did that and they did this and blah, blah, blah. And then again, same problem. Yeah. And so the reason why I say sort it out amongst yourselves as, as amongst yourselves is that I understand there is no one size fits all or one perspective that's going to be able to govern everything that happens in the group. Right. So if you can self govern and say, this person pissed me off, I'm going to ignore them, call them out, like report their post. Like these are all functions that exist. If a post gets reported, I'll look at it. Maybe I'll delete it. Yeah. Well, th- that's, that's fine. What I, like <laughs> people do report posts. And if there's like 10 people reporting a post and I can clearly see, it's like a troll or like just yeah like something that not, doesn't need to be in the post i remove the person and then we move on like easy you know it's, it's so that's simple. like i like we say there's no moderators because it's like the the interpersonal things not my business but if it's something that's like you know offensively harmful like why would i keep that shit up yeah. but usually and more often than not it's a difference in perspective not my business i don't care yeah <laughs> and again like i said it before if this group and bobo said it as well if this group this group is made and it serves to like it's so uh, this group is made and its function is to serve you if it doesn't then let's just delete it i don't see what the problem is yeah because if all i'm hearing is every second week this huge thing about how bobo and i are negligent for leaving this group without moderators and it's so dangerous let's just fucking delete the group it's like, chill right it's just honestly and I don't like, want to make you, yeah, I don't want to make you think there's only two options, like keep the group or delete it. But like, these are the options that we are presenting. You want yeah. us to be leaders, we are leading. And we said in that moment of leadership, self-regulate or let's just delete the group. Facts. Let's just have a good time. And as Bobo said, the group has spiraled into what it is because all of you are in it. <laughs> Literally, like we are, we're not steering it in our, we don't have an agenda. There's like, no captain. But when I jumped off that ship, we'd be on the life raft, just like coasting next to you, just seeing what's going on. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> we watched the like, back of the ship burn. We saw it. We watched the front of the ship burn. <laughs> I think people think we're like the captains of the ship when really we're also just members. Like, I'm in the group mm. to discuss. Like, That's I'm not it. in there to, like... Like, I'm in there for conversation. Like, I'm not above any of you. That's another thing. Like, we're just as dumb and flawed as mm-hmm. everyone in the group. Like, no one is better than anyone in this world. Like, do not look up to anyone. And I, I do think that 
we just live in this world where like we're just surrounded by influencers and celebrities and they uphold themselves as like purveyors of truth and i think we've made it quite clear that we are not that like this is just a platform of exploration Mm -hmm. like nothing here is objective fact nothing here is objective truth relax and also, like, this is I was thinking the other hierarchy. day, like of all the times that we've been um, like called in to mediate and how I disagree with the person who wants me to like step in. So let's say like person A has called us to step in about conversation with person B, hoping that mm. I agree with person A, but in really yeah. I disagree. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I don't know if I, mm, let me just, let me leave it. That's literally it. <laughs> But that will, because for me, I struggle to see anything as objectively true. Mm. And I think like, that's not the case for a lot of people. So if you were to call me intermediate, I would be like, well, convince me why you're right and why the other person is wrong. And now, now you're going to fight with me. So like, would you like, now all three of us are fighting. So I don't want to fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> and again, like we're speaking as though this is like, the whole group when really like it's 50 people maybe 100 people out of 11,000 who want moderators honestly yeah if we're going to go by majority rules then there's no moderators yeah if someone can convince like properly convince us both why it is of the benefit of the group and the members in it to have moderating then like let's do it and then we can like discuss on the potty yeah I also need to know, like, if we get moderators, then how is this group any different from all the millions of groups on Facebook? Mm. And, like, if you want to be moderated, why in this group when that's, like, what every other group does? Like, I don't... Yeah, that... Yeah. So please let us know. I'm open. That's it. Uh, Let us know. Thank you for listening, you guys. This was a fun episode. Follow us on Facebook. Join our group join us on twitter we're on instagram we're on youtube we're on all the things and we'll catch you in the next episode bye bye hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.